And that's what the series is this past or this entire month. It's Christmas stories all converging into one. Let's do a quick review from last week. Last week we had the Christmas story. It was your story that we talked about. We talked about how your story is very important for people to hear. I'm talking about in particular of how God has touched your life, how Jesus has touched your life. Your story needs to be heard because your story may be the only light that they have in connection to Jesus Christ. And today we're going to go back to this theme of a Christmas story, but today it's going to be a different angle. Before we talk about what that angle is going to be, I want to ask you guys this question. What is your most memorable Christmas gift? What is your most memorable Christmas gift? I'm not asking you your favorite Christmas gift. I'm specifically asking what is your most memorable Christmas gift? The reason why I'm asking memorable is when you think of it, it brings up some good memories. What's that most memorable Christmas gift that you have? Mine was this toy truck. Now, we have a few kids here and they might know what this toy truck is. Or maybe you're my generation and you understand who this is. Yeah, Jeremy's pointing to himself. He's saying, yeah, I get, I get this. I know who it is. Now, this toy truck is not like any other truck. I, I mean, it's red. It's got a cool trailer and that trailer has a lot of cool things inside of it. But this truck is more than meets the eye. That's actually the slogan of the Transformers because this truck transforms into a robot named Optimus Prime. Now, this particular toy, you're going to think I'm a geek, is the Optimus Prime Generation 1 Hasbro toy. Hasbro made this back in 1984. If it's still in the box, it's now worth $10,000. I don't have it anymore. <laughs> I didn't plan as a five-year-old thinking that it was going to be worth $10,000 one day. But this toy is so memorable for me for various reasons. Number one, it is the earliest Christmas that I, that I can remember. And the reason why I, why I can remember that Christmas is because of this toy. When my mom gave me that box all wrapped up, put it on my lap, she said, this is from your Uncle Ellie. I couldn't wait. I unwrapped that thing so fast, and then I realized it's Optimus Prime from the Transformers. I geeked out as a five-year-old. And then as time passed, my memory of this toy changed. The value of that memory no longer resided in the toy, but in the person that gave it to me. In time, I started thinking of Uncle Ellie, especially after he passed away, that this character now is connected to Uncle Ellie at all times. That's why this toy is my most memorable Christmas gift. What's your most memorable Christmas gift? I want you to think about that. Think about the good times, those good moments when you opened that gift. 
How did it impact your life? Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that there is a more memorable Christmas gift that you can actually receive during this season. I'm not just talking about Jesus' story, but I'm also talking about their story. Their story, second to Jesus' story, is perhaps the most memorable gift you can ever receive. Their story. And that's what we're talking about today. Part two of a Christmas story is their story. Well, who's, who's they? Who is the they that you're talking about, Edre? Their story, they, is anyone that is around you. Jesus said, love your neighbor as what? As yourself. Well, who is your neighbor? Your neighbor is anyone that you encounter within your bubble, within your circle. It can be a stranger. It can be an acquaintance. It can be someone visiting our church. It can be someone who's at the hospital, in the chapel, crying by themselves, and coincidentally you're walking by and you see them heartbroken. It can even be a tiger circle. It can be your, your immediate family, your son, your daughter, your spouse, your friends. That's their story. And why is their story a gift to you? Because what we're going to look at today is how their story, just as much as your story impacts theirs, their story is going to impact your life as well, if you allow it. If you allow it to happen, if you are able to listen and empathize to their story, you may actually find yourself being blessed. So, the question I need to ask you today, and I would like you to keep this in your mind, is this. How empathically do you listen and hear another person's story? How empathically do you listen and hear another person's story. It's very important. Here's what we can actually do with each other's stories. If someone is sharing their story, opening their heart up to you, you have several options. Option one, you can go ahead and listen to it. Option two, you can listen to it, but you're distracted. Option three, you can actually just say, I don't want to listen to it. Turn around and walk off. Or maybe you even try to ignore it. Hmm. The Bible tells us, and this is our key text, it says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly and sisterly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony. Live in harmony with one another. Now, that's a long passage, but it was a passage that I needed to show you in its entirety so you can get some very good context. But the part that I really want to focus on today is this uh, verse, verse 15. It says, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. I've shared this verse in a previous sermon, 
but in a different context. Today, I want us to explore this in deeper, in more depth. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Did you catch it? Did you catch it? In order to rejoice with someone who rejoices, you need to listen to their story so that you can rejoice with them. In order to mourn with those who mourn, you need to listen to their story in order to mourn with them. So Paul, in this passage, encourages us to listen to their story. To listen to the story of another person, especially if they come to you with a broken heart, especially when they come to you with a, with a burden on their chest, especially when they're looking for a friend, a companion. Let's talk about this idea of rejoice and mourn. Did you realize these two words are polar opposites? Rejoice on this side and mourn on this side. And then Paul is specific in using those two words because in everything else in between, he wants you to go ahead and share the other stories that are in between rejoicing and mourning. And what's rejoice? What is rejoice? Well, that word is also synonymous to happy, joyful, gleeful exuberant what are things that give you joy in life what are things that give you happiness maybe you bought your first house ever and you're so excited about that maybe you're rejoicing the new birth of a granddaughter or the birth of a child maybe you finally tied the knot with the person that you've loved so much through through these past several years maybe you finally got that job that you've been striving for. For 10 years, you put in the education, you put in the, the work, you got the, the experience for this role, and then finally, finally you get the promotion. Those are all worth rejoicing for. Now what's mourning? Mourning is the deep tear that your heart is going through because you're grieving a loss, a loss of a loved one, loss of your health, because now you have, you've been diagnosed with this chronic illness, or maybe you're saying goodbye to your grown adult child who used to live in your house, but now has found a place to start their new life in a different state. So you mourn their departure. Their story is relatable to your story. It's relatable. Now, there's about 30 people in here, and I would say that each of our stories are different. It's true, it's different. Our stories are like fingerprints. There's not one that's identical. God has touched our lives in a very different way each of us in a different way. Now you might say, well then how is another person's uh, story relatable? If our stories are all so different, how is it relatable then? The situation is not the one that's most relatable. I want you to think about this. The thing that is most relatable of another person's story is how it makes you feel.
the theme of emotions. As I gave those examples between the two sides, rejoicing and mourning, how many of those resonated with you? How many of those you could actually feel? As I'm talking about giving birth to a, uh, having a new grandchild or having a new baby in your family. The story is different. Maybe you had your child in Parker, Colorado and someone else had their child in Colorado Springs. But that feeling of bringing in that new baby into the household, that's what is relatable. And that's what Paul is speaking about here. Honor each other's story. Honor another person's story by connecting with them, by empathizing with them. Now, how do you empathize? What's the key ingredient to empathy? Well, I think the key ingredient to empathy is this, to listen more. To listen more. But I have to say, many times, many times, myself included in this, I fall short in listening. Many times, I think naturally humans fall short of listening. <coughs> in the Western world, we're quick to answer, we're quick to give our expert opinion. When in reality, all sometimes people need is to share their story, to share what is on their heart, to listen more. Here's what I learned as I did my study and as I researched uh, things for this sermon. Turn your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 3. Because as I was thinking about listening and hearing, you know, the Bible... I started asking this question, where in the Bible is the first experience of the word hear or listen? It's in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 7, here's the context, verse 1 through 7, you know this uh, part of the Bible really well. This is where the serpent is talking to Eve, deceives Eve into eating that forbidden fruit. Then Eve takes that fruit and brings it to Adam and deceives Adam into eating that fruit. Now, the actual word hear or listen is not uh, mentioned until verse 8. In verse 8, it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, where are you? He answered, here's what Adam said, I heard you in the garden and I became afraid. I was afraid because I realized I'm naked, so I hid. That's the first situation of hearing and listening that we get. And it's not a very good lesson or a good situation that we see because they failed to listen. They failed to listen to God's instructions. They failed to listen to God's warnings. Instead, they listened to the serpent. And when the actual word heard is mentioned, it's 
Adam hearing God walking in the garden, and instead of running to him, he runs away. What does this tell me? It tells me that humans have a hard time listening. We do. What would have it been like had Adam and Eve listened to God in the garden? What would have it been like had they, when they heard God walking in the garden, what would have happened had they just jumped up and ran to him instead of going away in shame? What would have it been like had Cain listened to God in regard to the offering and not giving a fruit basket? What would have it been like had the people who were outside of the ark listened to Noah's heed and instruction and warning? What would have it been like? Here are some tips on how to listen. As a chaplain, we were trained to be or when I was a chaplain, we were trained to do active listening. I think I've shared that before. Active listening is where you are attentively listening to the person. You're looking at them in their eyes as they are sharing their story. Active listening. And then my body language speaks to how I'm listening. I'm leaning in, not going uh, further away from that person. I'm shaking my head when they make some very important thought-provoking points. Or when they share something that's deep and profound, I'm listening, right? That's active listening. And then another thing about active listening is that you will clarify. You will let them know that you are hearing them by using some words as, I hear this. I see your pain. I can feel your pain. I might even ask them to describe it more. Tell me what, tell me more on how that experience was like for you. I'm present. Instead, sometimes our listening is like this. You tell me if this has happened to you or maybe if you've been guilty of it. I've been guilty of it before too. I'll give one example. I was at New Day Adventist Church when my wife and I first moved here. And this person was telling me that they had gone to Art Institute of Chicago. Well, guess what? I graduated from Art Institute of Houston. So as this person is telling me about their experience of Art Institute of Chicago, guess where my mind went? To my experience in Art Institute of Houston. And I'm just thinking about my friend Eric Schwab when he and I would draw together. I was thinking about my professors. I was thinking about Mr. Aaron who helped me get a job after I finished my tenure at Art Institute of Houston. And then I realized, wait a minute. He was just telling me about Art Institute of Chicago and his experiences, but I don't, I, I wasn't listening. <sighs> I wasn't listening because I got in my own head. Does that resonate with anyone here? How about this one, this example? Maybe you're not just in your head, but once you hear Art Institute of Houston or Art Institute of Chicago, Maybe uh, my scenario could have been this. This would have been worse. I try to one-up them. I try to steal their story, and I try, try to top their story with my story. Oh, I went to Art Institute, Art Institute of, uh, of Chicago. You went to Art Institute of Chicago. I went to Art Institute of Houston. Now let me tell you my experience of Art Institute of Houston. <laughs> when it was their turn to share. 
I'm sabotaging it. I'm taking their time, their moment, their story, and I'm replacing their story with my story. And guess what? We can do that subconsciously. Huh. It's not honoring their story. That's lifting up your story in a very proud, selfish way. We're so, what is it about humans that we can't listen? But there's hope. I'm never going to leave you guys hanging with the negative. I'm going to give you the positive. In the Bible, in the Bible, there are many stories of people that listen. And when they listen, they receive a blessing. Sometimes it's salvific. Sometimes it's salvation that they receive because they decided to listen. Now, as I'm looking at the time, we're not going to have enough to cover all of these. But I'm going to cover two and number four. <coughs> number two, for the ones that can't see it back there, it says Jericho conquered. Well, what's the significance of that story? That story you find in Joshua chapter 2 verse uh, chapter 2 and chapter 4. Now you're probably thinking Edre, Jericho was conquered in Joshua 4. Why are you bringing up chapter 2? Well, what happened in chapter 2? Chapter 2 is when the spies were sent by Joshua to do reconnaissance work of Jericho. They were to spy on the land. They were to spy on the city to see where their weak spot was. But, as heaven has it, there was a lady named Rahab there. Rahab, of all people, was a woman. I'm going to start listing some things here and tell me if you have a prejudice that starts to come up. Number one, she is a woman. Some people are prejudiced towards women. Number two, she was a prostitute. Oh no. Number three, she was a heathen. She wasn't like the people of God. She wasn't like the Israelite. She was clearly different from the two spies. Yet, to the credit of the two spies, they listened to her story. And what came of it? the greatest blessing. They would have not been able to enter that promised land had they not listened and took heed of Rahab's words. That was their entry point. Through Jericho is how they were going to enter into the promised land. All because they listened to her story. Her story was magnificent. She even made a testimony. She said, I heard about the Israelites. I heard about what your God has done for you. How you crossed the river on dry land. I heard all that. And my family and I, we want to follow this God. So let me help you. And the two spies, Sully, the two spies, they listened. Sully's listening too. They listened. Let's go to number four. Number four is baby Jesus escapes to Egypt. I have to bring this back to the Christmas theme, right? 
Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 through 15, in case you can't uh, see it back there. I'm going to Matthew. Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 through 15. This is the story of when Joseph gets the warning to take his family into hiding. When they had gone, verse 13 of Matthew 2, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. He said, get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and, and his mother during the night and left for Egypt where he stayed until the death of Herod. What would have happened had Joseph not listened to that angel? What would have happened if Joseph did not take action after he heard the angel's words? See, the Bible has many examples that when you hear or listen to God's word, God's warnings, God's love for you, you are blessed. When you listen to other people's stories, their story blesses you too. They bless you too. As we come to the closing, let me ask you guys, a few questions about the pictures that are going to pop up here. This first picture is of fingernails on a chalkboard. And I'm seeing some of the faces you guys are making, so I'm assuming that you don't like the sound of it. How many of you would raise your hand that this sound annoys you? Just raise your hand, because I have a pointer. Almost the entire sanctuary, okay. There's some ha hands raised in there. <clears throat> okay. Who sees this picture? Styrofoam. Nails on the board don't bother me as much as styrofoam. When you pop and crackle the styrofoam, it just makes me cringe. I get goosebumps. It makes my hair on the back of my head stand up. How many of you guys are bothered by styrofoam more, more than the nails on the chalkboard? Really? Am I by myself on this one? How about on Zoom? <laughs> okay. How about this? This one is a hand holding a pen. Maybe you've been in class before, or maybe it's a meeting, or maybe it's a conference session for work, and you hear someone just tapping their pen because they're nervous. Maybe they're the ones that have to present next, you know? Jeremy, there's something about it when I have to present to a CEO, I get very nervous, you know? <laughs> so, so how many of you guys are bothered by someone tapping their pen or the pencil? Yeah? More so than the nail on the chalkboard? And Yeah? Okay. You know where, how your brain functions? This part of the brain, the one that's highlighted here down on, uh, on the bottom, that's the amygdala. Correct me if I'm pronouncing it wrong. The amyg uh, amygdala, huh? Amygdala? Amygdala. Okay. The amygdala, aka the alarm system of your brain, 
is what, what controls, or I shouldn't say control, it regulates your emotions. And depending how you were raised, what your environment was, how you trained your, bread, uh, your brain, not bread, how you trained your uh, brain, it's going to help you on how you're going to respond to that sound. So this amygdala responds a lot to sound. The sounds I just showed you, some of those sounds are very annoying. But when people share their story with you, are you annoyed? Or are you accepting? Are you willing to sit down and listen? So, in conclusion, let's summarize here. Listening to another person's story may just bless you. Listening to another person's story may bless our church. Listening to another person's story may bless our community. Here's the importance on why you should really listen to another person's story. Because ultimately, their story is your story. Maybe God allowed you to experience certain things in your life just so when you met someone who is experiencing something that you experienced in the past, maybe you're their angel. Or perhaps it's the other way around, that their story, sharing it to you, is so that they can be your angel. An angel that God had sent. I would like to close it with this. It's our key text. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 16. Let's read it once more. <coughs> Romans 12, 9, 16. I'm going to read it slower. And I want you to read it with eyes and hearts open. Be devoted to one another in brotherly and sisterly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another.